was approaching the 10-year mark of me being involved in ministry. And um, at the start of my ministry, I kind of made a deal to myself that I kind of said that at 10 years, I would journey outside the Seventh-day Adventist church and try something different. You see, I'd grown up at Seventh-day Adventist church. I went to Mountain View Adventist school. It was a Adventist, Adventist school, um, baptized, went to Avondale, studied there, and went into ministries. Everything I knew was Seventh-day Adventist. So I said, at the end of 10 years, when I had gone through 10 years of ministry, I was going to venture out and try something different. It would have been June or July last year, where every time I kind of get involved in the community, I always like being involved in the community. So last year I was working with PCYC, and in the space of three weeks, three to four different police officers had approached me and said, Ian, have you ever thought about joining the force? And I was like, no, actually, well, it's a lie. I think every kid at one stage thinks about being a police officer or a firefighter or a pilot. I was all those. So as a kid, I thought about being a police officer, but it never really took a reality where as an adult, that's what I wanted to do. But here I was thinking to God, God, where do you want me? Because I know I wanted to leave the church at 10 years and try something different. And here in a space of three weeks, three to four different police officers approaching me and said, Ian, how about you join the force? We think you would be amazing in this line of work. So I thought about it. I told Krista. Krista nearly fell off her chair when I told her. And she's like, police officer? Where, where has this come from? I said, I, I feel as if God is leading me down this direction. I mustered up my strength where I decided to go approach Terry Johnson, the, my president at Greater Sydney Conference. And that was a really hard conversation to have because I was like, well, how is he going to take this? I just recently been ordained. Um, they had put a lot of things in for me visions of what they wanted for me. I'd just been placed in Parramatta Church at Caringbar Church where they wanted me to be full-time minister at Parramatta Church, my home church. And I was like, man, this is a dream come true for me ministering my home church. But I told Terry, Terry's like, Ian, what, you, you've asked for time with me. What would you like to speak about? I said, Terry, I feel as if I want to step out of ministry and join the police force. And a big smile would just hit Terry's face. And he was like, Ian, that's is an amazing idea. And I was like, oh, wow, not going to be missed. I was a bit taken back by that. I was like, oh, I thought you'd be a bit upset, but you seem a little bit too happy about that. He's like, Ian, no, 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 no. I love the fact that you, what you do here and you're an amazing minister, but God is going to speak into your life and he's going to um, share with you and show you so much more things that ministry cannot show you in the police force. And I told Terry, I'm not leaving the ministry because I'm burnt out or resentful or angry. I'm doing it because I just made a promise to myself 10 years ago that I would always venture out at 10, 10 years. And he goes, no, that's okay. Let's drop a, 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 a um, plan that at the end of three years, if you still feel the same way, you can continue with the police force. But if you want to come back to the, the ministry, we'll have a spot ready for you to come straight back in. So I was like, man, amazing. So I can try the police force, and if I don't like it, I can come straight back in. They have a space available for me. Now, saying all this, while I made that bargain with myself, the promise with myself, I made a promise to God as well at the start of my ministry. That I promised God that I would always go where he sent me. That I would always do 
what he wanted rather than what I wanted. So, listening to what Terry had to say, I was like, God, I can't help but see that this is what you want for me. Terry goes, let's do it, Ian, do it. You're going to love the police force. We need more people like you in the police force. So, told Parramatta Church, which was a very hard conversation to have because I only started there for a year, told Karangba Church as well. And they were like, Ian, though, we are sad to see you go. This is your call. We're, we're all happy for it. I got an email near the end. I think it would have been October. Got an email from Terry Johnson once again. It said, Ian, we received word that the North East of Wales Conference would like you to serve there. We're not sure exactly how and where, but I'm pretty sure you have your mindset on the police force, but we thought we'd just let you know that they're, they're requesting of you. So I was like, oh, thank you, Terry. Send an email. Thank you for that. But yeah, I've got my heart set on the police force. I got a call from Adrian near the end of October. And Adrian was like, Ian, we got a position ready for you. And here I am talking to Adrian in my mind and in my heart. I'm saying, I'm here listening to him, but I'm always saying, how do I say no? Because I'm definitely not doing this. How do I say no? How do I say no? And um, he's talking, he's talking. And it's as if a rock was thrown into my head with a letter attached to it. And all of a sudden that thought came to my mind as Adrian is speaking me and in my heart I'm saying how do I say no how do I say no a rock with a letter hits my head and it says remember the promise you made as well to God that you would be obedient to him above all things so I said if I'm if that if I'm genuine about that I cannot say no straight away so I said thank you Adrian I was going to say no but now I can't say no I said Adrian you give me two weeks and we'll 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 I'll get back to you I hung up the phone and I turned to Krista who was who was sitting down and she goes, oh, did you say no? And I was like, no, I didn't. And she nearly fell back off her chair again. It's like, Ian, I thought you were going to the police force. I was like, yes, I know. But when I started my ministry, I made another deal that I promised God that I would always be obedient to him. So I need to listen to God in this. What happens if God doesn't want me to leave the ministry and he wants me to go to North East South Wales? So I'm in this kind of predicament. God, where do you want me? I thought it was the police force. Now I'm getting the ideas of North East of Wales. Where do I go? Because above all, I want to be obedient to you. This morning we are looking at how do we hear the voice of the master? How do we know that he is calling us? And how do we know what path he wants us to take? We're going to be looking at that because for me, if this is going back last year, I had no idea how to decipher what God wanted for me. So this is a huge question. How do we know God is calling us and to what area? Now, this is a, this is a million dollar question. And we're going to go through the book of Samuel chapter, where am I? chapter 3, if you have your Bibles. And we're going to try to answer this question. And before I try to answer this question, let me put out a little disclaimer. There is no textbook answer in trying to hear God's calling on our lives and trying to understand what he's trying to say because how God speaks is universal. How God connects with you is very much different to how he connects with me. What he says to you is, is different to how he says to me. How he speaks to you is different to how he speaks to me. So for me to say this is a textbook answer and I'm going to give it to you would be in a sense, not doing God justice because the moment I try to understand God, God tells he completely blows my mind and says, no, I work completely different to that. There is no textbook answer to this question. 
We read in the scripture how God spoke through a donkey to Balaam. He spoke through a burning bush to Moses. He silenced Zechariah and he blinded Saul. How God connects with people is universal in every single person's journey. So there is no textbook answer. But what I hope through this talk this morning is that I give you some tools in, in allowing you to decipher how God speaks to you. I can't say how, how he does it, but I will give you tools and how you will be able to navigate in your life that you're able to hear his voice clearer. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So I don't know how God speaks to you, but I hope to give you tools that may allow you to hear it clearer in your journey, on your walk with him. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, and it reads this. The boy Samuel misunderstood before the Lord, uh, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord came, called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli, but Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So he told Eli, Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, speak to the Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. The book opens up and it's important to know that the Bible clearly states that Visions had become very rare in the land at this stage. This is a very, very important note that in a sense, God had seemed absent. He wasn't absent, but he had seemed absent. Prophecy was something of the past. It wasn't being translated anymore. It wasn't something being told or spoken about. People weren't receiving visions. So God had presented as being absent. And all of a sudden, Samuel is serving under Eli, sleeping, and God starts to speak and call out to him. Not once, not twice, but three times. Now the question I I think to myself is this. Why did it take Eli so many times to come to the realization that God was summoning Samuel. I understand the first time, if, if my daughter comes up to me in the middle of the night and starts calling me, I'll be like, go back to bed. No one's having a conversation at this stage. But the second time, the Bible says 
that they were lying in the place of the Lord. They were lying with, 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 in the holy place. If there was a place for God to connect with his people, it was that place. And it was a literal presence of God. And when God calls Samuel, Samuel does, Eli doesn't come to the realization the first and second time that he is actually summoning the boy. Why is that? Why doesn't he, doesn't he um, think or take note of this? For me, there's a lot of reasons as to why, but for me, one of the main reasons is this. The word had become absent. God had become absent. He wasn't talking to anyone. And all of a sudden, he starts to talk to a little boy who was in training to become a priest. And Samuel and Eli is thinking to himself, if God is absent and hasn't been speaking, and he finally chooses to reveal himself, why to a little boy and not to me? Why does he choose to reveal himself to a boy and not to me? And because of this notion, because of this idea, he doesn't even think to himself that God is actually summoning Samuel. So tool number one is this, in trying to decipher God's calling on your life or God, what God is planning for your life is this. God is not limited in the ways that he chooses to communicate with you. I shared earlier about a donkey, a burning bush. God is not limited in the ways that he chooses to talk to his people. In the book of Luke chapter 19, it talks about how the, the, the Pharisees went to Jesus and say, hey, silence your disciples, silence your followers because they were praising him and they were worshiping. And Jesus says, how can I silence them? Because if I silence them, even the rocks will cry out the glory and the majesty of, my, of the Lord. You cannot silence him. You cannot, you cannot, whatever, however God wants to communicate or connect with his people, there is no limitation to that. God is universal, but there's a big but there. But we limit ourselves. God is not limited, but we become limited in the ways we choose to listen to him. Did you get that one? God is not limited in the ways he chooses to connect with his people, but we become limited in the ways we choose to listen to him. Eli could not understand that God was speaking to a little boy because he saw him and said, surely if God wanted to communicate with me, he would come to me. Or if God wanted to speak, now he would speak to me but God was speaking to a boy so because of his age Eli refused to listen to God's word refused to hear God's calling so often in life we limit ourselves because we look at people because of their age because of their gender because of their history because of their circumstances because of their background and we think to ourselves no way God could be speaking to that person so we limit our opportunities of hearing God because No way could God use that person or could God use that object or could God use that animal. But God is not limited to how he connects with his people. We become limited in the ways we choose to listen to how God is connecting with us. I remember I was driving in the car and and I was with a mate and I was listening to one of my favorite artists. His name is J. Cole. And um, my mate was like, oh, you like J. Cole? I was like, I love J. Cole. He's a famous rapper in America. And I was like, I love the way he speaks. I love the way he raps. I love his poetry. So deep. He talks about life. He talks about his journey, where he's come from, his challenges. And he also talks about spiritual things. And as soon as I said spiritual to my mate, he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I get the whole other things about, about um, 
his poetry and his flow and his beats and how he talks about his life. But spiritual, Ian, the guy swears. Ian, the guy doesn't talk always about things that we would normally talk about. I'm like, so because of a guy's past or because of a guy's lifestyle, you have told yourself God cannot use that vessel anymore. You have limited yourself. God is not limited the way he chooses to communicate with his people, but we limit ourselves because we refuse to listen to it. I'm not saying listen to everything, but God can use anything. Just imagine if Ananias, when first approached about Saul, had said no way, and he continued to practice that. There's no way God could ever use a Christian killer, a Christian slayer, a a Christian prisoner. God goes, oh, no, 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 I am not limited. I am not limited who I choose to communicate with. So God takes Saul and he becomes one of the most famous writers in the whole Bible. God is not limited in how he chooses to communicate. We become limited in the way we choose to listen. God's, I felt it in my first couple of years in ministry where in my age, I thought, how can I teach anybody? How can I speak God when my experience in life is only one or two years? And there's people in my church who have been in, in the church for 50, 60 years. How can I teach them? I was limiting myself because of my age. But God goes, it is not about you, but it's how I speak through you. I have not limited you. I have not limited you because of your age, but you have done that. God is not limited, but we become limited in the ways we choose to listen. So Eli, not able to understand, tells Samuel, go back to bed. It is nothing. You are dreaming. Go to sleep, boy. But after the third time, it dawns. Now, Eli is not a bad person. He's a great man. And finally, when he comes to his realization that God is calling the boy, that God is no longer, that God is not in fact speaking into him, that God has chosen another vessel to reveal himself after such a long time, Eli has to swallow his pride and tell this boy, next time God calls, this is what you need to do. Point number two is this. There is no replacement in having a God-fearing community around you. Eli, the Bible says that Samuel did not even know God at this stage. And we know this because of the fact when God calls, he didn't even recognize his voice that he went to Eli. Samuel had no idea who God was at this stage. And the moment Eli finally came to his realization, he goes, Samuel, do this. And he pointed, Eli, he pointed Samuel on the right path. There is no replacement in having a God-fearing community around you. Now, I'm not saying good friends are are always important to have in your life, but there is no replacement in having a community who love God in your circle, in your corner. You cannot replace that. A community that look to you and love you and fear God and love God. And when they see you, they want you to walk with the master. They want you to walk with the shepherd. And sometimes this community will speak things into you that you don't want to hear, but that you need to hear. Because that's what it means to be a true friend. That's what it means to fear God. When you see your friends, when you see your neighbor, when you see your kids doing something, you say, you know what, that is not right. And you do it in love. That's what it means to be a God-fearing community who directs people back to God when they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. 
There is no replacement in having a God-fearing community around you. People that want the best for you and want you to walk in the light and in the path that God has set out for you. That is point number two. You want to hear God's calling because there'll be time in life you don't even hear what God is saying to you. You don't even see the plans that God has laid out before you, but your friends, your family, your church folk, your, the people around you who fear God, they will see it and they will direct you and say, this is the path, now walk in it. There is no replacement for a God-fearing community in your life. People that will pray for you, People that will love you unconditionally. People that want you to walk in the lights. I have my friends outside the church and they are amazing friends who I always have in my corner. But it's so pivotal that you have people in your corner as well that are fearing God, that love God and will speak words of God into your life even though you cannot hear it. Samuel did not even know God at this stage. But Eli said, Next time he presents himself, say this, this is the path, walk in it. There is no replacement for a God-fearing community in your corner. And point number three is this. It is probably the hardest point of all three. The first point is this, don't limit yourself to how God speaks into your life. Point number two is this, there is no replacement for a God-fearing community. Point number three is this, the, one of the hardest points of all, all three is this. Being deliberate in your prayers in seeking God. When Samuel was instructed by Eli to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This listening is actually a, is, is very intentional. It's not the listening that I sometimes would do with my wife when she's talking to me and I'm like, yeah, but we just talk, just talk. Or talk, talk and I'm watching TV. That's a different listening. You're like half there. It's not a male form of listening where you can listen but do something else. It is a listening that you say to God, when you speak, I have every intention of acting the moment you speak to me. It is a listening when you say to God, I am listening to you. And when you speak, I will follow. And this is one of the most dangerous prayers you can ever pray in your life. Because you are saying to the great I am, I will follow. You open a door, I will walk in it. You close a door, I will not pry it open. It is an intent of following. It's an intent to action that you call to God and say, God, I am listening to you. You direct me, I will follow. Not maybe not might or maybe see later God says I will speak to you your intention in seeking me out now I am here and I'm speaking into your life you are called to action because you prayed that prayer God I want to follow you I want you to lead and direct my path it's an intent of action speak Lord your servant is listening when God, when I made that promise to God, when I said that prayer 10 years ago, Lord, I want to follow your path. That was me saying, I am going to put aside what I desire, my heart wants, my, my mind seeks, and I will follow your path, knowing that when I follow you, it is the best place that I can be. And at that moment, when, when I was facing last year and said, God, what is you want for me? I want to go to the police force, but if it is your will for me to go to Central Coast, I'd rather do that because I know that is your will for my life. And I'd rather follow that will than my heart's desires. Listening is an act to follow. So the question I ask you is this, what is God speaking into your life at this moment? What doors is he opening? Because I promise you this, you pray that prayer to God, 
When you say to him, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, he will show up. I promise you, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says, test God, question God, ask him, and I promise you, he will, he will show up. And there will be doors in your life that will become, that will become open. And other doors that will become shut. God will close and open doors. But it's your call if you try to pry open the doors that he has shut or you refuse the doors that he has opened. Listen is a call to action. When God says, I have something for you now, what will you do? These three points. Stop limiting yourself to the voice of God in how we choose to reveal himself. Point number two, there is no replacement for God-fearing community. And three, listening is a call to action. When God speaks, you follow. When you are deliberate in praying that prayer, that is the most dangerous prayer, but it is the most life-changing prayer you could ever pray. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What is God speaking into your life right now? Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for this time and an absolute privilege it is to speak. Absolute privilege it is to listen and to hear the words that you are pouring out into our lives. And Lord, I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for every single family that is here, that is listening online. Father God, I know that you have a plan for them. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that. It is a promise to us. But Father God, I know there are times that we, we kind of need deciphering of who, where is your voice and what is it you are calling us to be. Help us to be open to who you're choosing to speak into our lives. Help us to be able to hear that voice. Help us to have the right people in our corners that will be able to pour and love us and speak words of affirmation and God into us. And most of all, help us to be, have the courage when you reveal yourself, when you speak to us, to walk through those doors that you are opened. Because a life with you, Lord, there is no other greater life. So Lord, I thank you for these individuals. I pray a blessing on their homes. I pray a blessing on their marriages. I pray a blessing on their families. And I ask, Lord, that you speak into our lives. And may we pray the prayer of Samuel. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I thank you. I love you. And we cannot wait to see you. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.